So I continue on with my photos, move the shower curtains, photograph the shower. There's a closet in the bathroom. I open the closet. I was like, oh, there's her rug. Not thinking of anything of it. I move said rug. There's the lady hiding there with the knife. Uh. That's a first, and now I'm trapped. I have no way out. This is 56, a Pinellas County Sheriff's Office podcast. I'm Ricky Butler, joined by my curious and well-informed colleagues, Laura Sullivan and Ashley Cooley, and we are excited to bring you another episode. But first, we have officially become a podcast that gets things done. What have we gotten done, Ricky? Well, if you remember, last episode, we were talking to Deputy Constant with a Marine unit, and she was, we were kind of having a pretty lighthearted conversation about some of the perils of being a woman and Marine being out on the water and needing to use mm-hmm. the restroom. We were talking about the incredible device that is the Shiwi. Oh, the And she-wee. guess who is now getting an agency-issued Shiwi? I can't guess. Tell me. Deputy Constant. <gasps> oh, my you know. gosh. Um, all right. So today we have a great show planned because we are finally going to talk about something that people have been requesting Something I think that even when we do Citizens Academy, it's always a highlight of everyone's on the schedule because everyone is obsessed with forensics. So there is, of course, only a handful of people that can truly come in. I'm I'm kidding. There are plenty of great people out of forensics, (laughs) but somebody that we have harassed for a very long time is Assistant Supervisor Rhonda Klein with our Forensic Science Division, who is our next guest uh, on 56. Uh, But before we do that, Ashley has a question. Uh, she asks a question of all of us, so Rhonda is not singled out. We're all going to answer the question, and Laura and I have not heard the question. So, Ashley, this Neither is your time. Rhonda. Rhonda has Neither does Rhonda. Neither does Rhonda, yes. I uh, try really hard to get this information ahead of time, and nobody will ever tell me. Yeah. It's, Someone it's tried to get it out of me at, uh, at lunch annoying. today. Said, Didn't happen. Can't, can't discuss. I can't discuss. Can't get it. All right, Ashley. All right, so this one starts off with a couple of, like, parameters, okay? Mm. First off, it's a big you're, word. You're, big you're word. choosing boundaries, <laughs> boundaries, parameters. Go. Good. Okay. All right. So you have to choose one. You can't say you can't say no to both. You have to choose one. And the second is, or second rule, I suppose, is that you will live through whichever situation. You will live. Okay. You are safe. You will not die. Okay. Okay. Well, living and being with all my limbs. Okay. Yes, you, like you will be fine. You're you're not going to the hospital after this. Okay, I mean, you could have mental trauma, but <laughs> physically, well, most of us already physically, do. Yeah. You're you will be fine. Okay, okay? so right. you have to choose. Okay, okay? you want to explore the depths of the ocean or explore the vastness of space. Depths if you, if of you the cho- ocean, one hundred percent. Sorry, you choose I jumped one. In. You cannot ever do the other. So you're not going to get to do both, and you can't say no to both, like I would want to do. And I'm not going <laughs> to die. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. So I want. Said, I want to go where the really cool squid are. I'm okay. definitely going to go into the depths <laughs> of the ocean. Of, of the ocean, not the depths, the height. I said the vastness of the, the vastness, of, the vastness of yeah, space. Of space. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely an ocean girl. Okay. I'm going to space. If I'm, I'm not going to die, because you're not going to die. Uh, yeah. I, I. I mean, the ocean is cool and stuff, but. I like rockets and stuff. I'm going. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that yeah. at all. I think I'm going to space, too, if I'm not going to die. Okay. I'd like to see what's up there. Okay. Maybe meet an alien. There you oh. go. Ooh. There you go. Like I said, I would rather say no to both because they're both extremely terrifying to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But there is no way that I'm going to go up in a spaceship. I'm just now really? over my fear of flying. and. It- 
I can't imagine the G's to make it to space. Even know, if I live, even if I live, I'm going to be in an so institution for the rest of my you're life. You're not concerned at all about going in a submersible? No, because I'm totally safe. And it, and that's <laughs> going to be a slow descent, okay? Uh-huh. It's not going to be like, you know, my skin isn't going <laughs> to fall off from going to space. Like, it's just going to, I'm just, I can handle that. And, okay. you know, I, I think it'd be cool. So that's my answer. Also, space is like a long-term commitment. You, I mean, unless you're just going to go up it's atmosphere true. and come down. If you're going to go to That's, like Mars or something, it's a long time. That is a good point. Yeah. That is a good point because, yeah, yeah. I, had, I didn't think about that. That's Who's going to do your job if you guys go to space? I mean... You're not I mean, going to put me in charge. Uh, that would be crazy. A, well, that's not part of it. Yes. I'm going to be down, down yeah, to the depths of the ocean up six hours later. You're, you're, you don't have a job in this scenario. You're too oh, far. Okay. <laughs> you have loads of money. You don't have to work. Yeah. <laughs> I boundaries. Mean, yeah. Oh, yes. I have no boundaries. <laughs> Only parameters. <laughs> <laughs> you're too far in the weeds, Laura. <laughs> uh, see, that wasn't too bad. No. There you go. See? No big words. Parameters. All right. So now that we got that out of our system, as I was saying, forensics is something that everyone is just inherently interested in. It's, of course, a lot of it is attributed to the CSI effect and all of the, the stuff that maybe isn't so accurate, but uh, it's still a fascinating uh, world that you live in, Rhonda. So we're excited to talk all about that. But first, tell us, did you, as when you were a kid, and it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Was your answer to be in forensics? Yeah. H- how'd you get where you are? So when I was a kid growing up, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Every kid wants to be a veterinarian. So I started out school for that, and then I kept switching and switching. And one day when I was in college, my mom goes, you know what? You're always curious about everything. You always want to figure out all your Christmas gifts and everything. Maybe you should try something like forensics. So I researched it, saw that the Allstate Center had a program. So I went to the Allstate Center and got my degree in crime scene. So you're local then, like you were born and raised in this area? I was. I was born and raised in Florida. Nice. Largo. Oh, Look well. at that. Oh, okay. Pinellas County nice. natives. Yes. Yep. Same here. Unite. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned figuring out your Christmas gifts. Like, what, what do you mean? What did your mom mean by that? So every year I would feel the boxes, shake the boxes. She would try to hide what was in it, and I always figured it out. So I was never surprised. She used to get angry at me. She'd figure it out. Good thing she never got you a puppy. I know. Oh. Wouldn't Maybe have made it. a puppy coming out. So spoilers, like yeah. that's not a thing for you? No. Me either. So you like to figure it out. You don't. I do. Yeah. I don't like surprises. All right. So <laughs> so crime, crime scene, I'm sure you've had some surprises on crime scenes, but so you go get your degree in forensics, then what? Or in crime scene, I'm sorry. What are the yeah. different, because there's a lot of different degrees, right? Related to forensics. What are. And I know things have changed over the right. years too. So what are some of the degrees you need for forensics? So now you need a bachelor's degree in the forensics related field. Okay. Any forensic related field. So that's like crime scene. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to do it anymore. I don't know. So. I didn't have to do it. I didn't need I didn't even really need the degree when At I started time, right? here. You just needed the certificate program down there because the test was based off of the crime scene program at the college. Okay. Because when I went through that program down there, it was uh, St. Pete Junior College. Right. And everybody that worked in forensics was actually the instructors at the college. Oh, okay, so oh. but you got you got the you got the degree, not the certificate, though. I did because I already had my core classes. Okay, so then what happens? So I tried to get a job in forensics. I interviewed, and they wanted experience. So I don't have experience, and then uh, I got a job in property and evidence. Started working in property and evidence. 
I was 22 at the time, living on my own, and I was on midnight shift. And back then, property barely made any money. So I tried for forensics again, uh, didn't get it. They wanted experience. So I self-put myself through the law enforcement academy because wow. back then uh, they did not sponsor for the roadside. They only sponsor for corrections. I didn't want to do it in the, I didn't want to be in the jail. Mm -hmm. So I worked midnight shift at property, put myself through the academy. At, I, at the same time? Yes. When did you sleep? Uh, well, I took um, night the like the evening academy. I didn't do the full daytime. So back then they had okay. the full daytime one, and then they had evening classes okay, too. That's right. And then I went to go put in for to be a deputy, and another spot came open for forensics, and I got it, so I accepted it. And I mean, uh, up until I would say the last six, seven years. I mean, forensics used to be extremely competitive. So, I mean, you basically, you got the job at proper evidence to get your foot in the door so that it's an easy, you know, kind of a transfer because forensics was always a, a really hard place to get. So even back then. Correct. So. And it was also hard to get in the agency back then because everybody that walked in the door on midnight shift, they always asked myself and <laughs> another member that's a captain with us now, who are you guys related with? Too. And we're like, nobody. And they're like, wow, and you got a job here? Because back then it was everybody was related. Everybody's mm -hmm. family was working here and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So The family business. Yes. Hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So you you make it in. So was there Wait, any part? Can, can yeah, we yeah. go back? I want to talk about the, yeah. the law enforcement academy. Yeah. So so you were almost a deputy. I you was. Went, you went, what, 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 what appealed to you about that? And, and what was the academy like? When I went through the academy, it, it's different now. Mm -hmm. um, but when I went through, it was rough. It was a mind game, basically. It mm -hmm. was like pure, like military style. Uh, I didn't like the running part. Oh, gosh. I hate running. I th thought I couldn't breathe. I would always get yelled at if you're talking, you're breathing, run. Um, but I survived it. I liked everything about it. Um, but I just chose forensics first because that's what I went to school for. I bet that gives you a really unique perspective on, on what the what the deputies do. You haven't gone through all that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I didn't know that about you actually. And we've worked together for a long time. That's really cool. So there was no no part of you at all when you just wrapped up, you just went through all that in the academy, when that forensic spot, like there was no hesitation. Correct. Just mm -hmm. because of what you'd gone to school for. Correct. Interesting. Good stuff. All right. So you get the forensics job. There's obviously what does that process look like back then as far as getting like is there FTO? How does that work? So back then, uh, we did a three-week in-house academy. So I was inside the building learning about all the techniques and everything. And then we did the full-on FTO program, the same one we have now to today. Hmm. What phase one through four. Okay. Do you, do you remember your, like your first week or your first big call? I do. Was it, it was like? week one. Uh, and my first FTO, he was on the major case response team, which we still have today. And we were working day shift and I had been on midnight shift for years at property. So I was already nervous about not getting up in the morning to my alarm clock. He called me and he's like, where are you at? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I overslept. I overslept. I was freaking out and, half and, asleep. Then, and half asleep. And he's like, it's okay. You can calm down. It's like two 30 or three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, what's going on? And he goes, <laughs> we're getting called in for a homicide. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then he says some guy shot in a house. So I was like, oh boy, here we go. So I'm getting dressed the whole time. I've never seen a dead body in my life before, let alone someone being shot. I'm so scared going to this crime scene, but we showed up and I'm like, oh, it's really not that bad. So 
I worked the crime scene, never had an issue. And I remember when we were walking in, he's like, okay, the important thing here is if you're going to puke, don't puke in the scene, run outside and puke. Cause you know, back then we did like all, all vacuum traces and everything back mm -hmm. then. So talk to us a little bit about how forensics is set up today. Cause I want to get into the nuances of how things have changed and all the technology and technique, but how is forensics set up today as far as staffing, how the shifts work and all that stuff? So forensics today, we're assigned to 12-hour shifts. Okay. So we have nine supervisors in our building, um, four assistants, five supervisors, one of that being the photo lab supervisor. And each shift has five to six people on it okay. um, per shift, and we bid by seniority to bid your shift. Do you guys do A, B like patrol? We do. We're set up exactly like patrol. Okay. We have a major case response team that consists of 10 members, and they are placed, a certain spot is placed on each shift for the major case response team to bid. Um, and then they bid by seniority for that shift. And that concept is in place. So not all of them end up on one side. So not all of them are A days and A nights because then there's no one to call in if we need people to call in. Got it. And then um, so just the, the forensics lab itself, which is a is it's an older building, but it's got a lot of great technology and stuff in it. What are, are some of the different labs and capabilities in that building? So we have several labs in our building, and one of them is our chemical processing lab. That's where we bring items back um, that we collect from scenes that we want to process using chemicals instead of just black powder. Then we have just a designated black powder lab, and that's where all the black powder processing takes place. We have a drying chamber lab where we bring back wet evidence. We hang it into the drying chambers. We have a packaging lab, and that's where we bring back all our evidence and package it. And now that we're accredited, we also build our own evidence. So property and evidence does not build any of our evidence anymore. So it's all done in that packaging room. And then we also have a narcotics processing lab that came into play when fentanyl came around. So everything in that lab is, everything narcotics related is processed in that lab. And then we have a clean lab. And that's where we do all our photographs of clothing and bedding and stuff. No chemicals, no processing of any type is done in that lab. And that also is the lab that houses our MVAC machine. Okay. So, and then, obviously, with evidence, it's all very sensitive, which I know we're going to get all into and talk about. But where you, like the, the chain that it moves through some of the different labs and things is important too? Or is that, because I know like the, the county forensics uh, science center that's across the parking lot here from us at the SAB where they do a lot of the toxicology stuff. There's like a certain sequence that you're allowed to kind of move through those labs for cross-contamination. Is that a, a big issue with some of the stuff you all work on or not really? So for cross-contamination issues, I can't be in the same room as someone else working the same case if I have uh, victims items and they have suspect items. Got it. Because we can't cross-contaminate. That makes sense. A lot yeah. simpler than yeah. Real technical stuff across what the parking lot. What about the? You said you guys package your own evidence. What, like, what does that mean? So, like, like, we put it inside the evidence bags, like the plastic bags, to turn it into property or paper bags. But that's like new. We've always packaged our yeah. evidence back in the day, and then we would just walk it over to property. We would handwrite a label, put a label on it, mm -hmm. and property and evidence would build it into ACES. Okay. We're actually building our items into the property report okay. on ACES, and our labels print out now, and they have the barcode already attached to it. So property picks our evidence up from our building, and all they have to do is scan our barcode and put it into a location. Okay. So they no longer physically type out our stuff. Gotcha. 
Okay. It is a very complex, like, intense. Like, everything about what you guys do is intense. It's always fun, been funny to me because some of the most fun people we have in the entire agency are in forensics. But mm-hmm. they are just, like, when they're on, they're on. So, so detail-oriented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. super, as, as it should be. Yeah. Um, which is another uh, point because there are, out of the 28 specialists you have, three of them are men, the rest are women. Is that right? Correct. So I always tell everyone, I think my philosophy is the men want to carry the gun and the handcuffs. <laughs> and also the other reason is women are more detail oriented than men and more organized. So you have to be Ouch. very organized and detailed oriented. Is that something, is that pretty much how it is with forensics everywhere? It seems to be a common pattern. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so go ahead. I was going to say, I, I've heard stories that uh, it's also because women have uh, better, better smell tolerances. We can stand disgusting things that could better be than true. men can. Uh, I'm not going to argue that point. Mm. I don't want to smell those things. Remind me to tell you a story later on of uh, how a whole bunch of deputies abandoned me when I was going to arrest somebody and they pooped their pants. And they all ran away and left me to... Kind of like that. I feel like you've told oh, wow. us the story already. That, that is the story. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I haven't heard it. That's that, that is the story. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so let's, let's backtrack <laughs> again. So now that we kind of have some context for today, uh, back then, because um, the process is just super detailed, depending on the crime scene, depending on what you have going on. So your first crime scene with your first dead body, you know, what are you all doing to, to process that scene? So kind of tell, tell us a little bit more about the case, if you remember, like what the deal was. I remember it being drug-related. A guy was found shot to death in the bedroom of his house. Um, I started trying to think about the case more after I spoke with Laura already. Uh, I want to say he may have been a tattoo artist also, but I can't confirm that. Uh, back then, we did digital photography, 35-millimeter photography, and we did full trace, which by full trace I mean looking with your own eyes, picking up the little pieces of visible hairs and fibers that we see, then using the blue light, doing the same thing, hairs and fibers, and then vacuuming on top of it. And you did that in the whole entire house, no matter how big it was. Wow. Tell me about the photography. You did both digital and 35 millimeter then? Yes. Why was that? Uh, Back in the day, um, they wanted to have 35 millimeter because they said digital could be altered. Um, so they also, they always wanted 35 and everything that was for comparison purposes, we used 35 millimeter photography for, we've gotten away from 35s and we just use digital. Now, uh, the SLR cameras, you can tell if that's altered or anything. Mm -hmm. We shoot in JPEG and raw. So the raw photo can't be altered. Mm. Yeah. And even if, yeah, I mean, you can see anything that's been done with the photos. So that, that makes, that makes sense though. Uh, back then it was new technology. It used to be super time consuming because you used to have to do the three different f-stops, right? Oh, yeah. For 35 millimeter, so yeah. For 35 millimeter, because you couldn't see your pictures on the back of the camera, we had a bracket, and you had a bracket three f-stops, one below, one in the middle, and one above. So you're going to overexpose, underexpose, and take a normal one, and you look at your picture, and you decide which one came out good. Uh, another thing that was time-consuming on it, uh, we used to wear different BDUs back in the day. The 
baggier ones with the huge pockets on the side, the old school version. And you would always see, I always got chosen to do 35. So I always Was that like a new girl hazing thing? No, my (laughs) supervisor loved my pictures. So I always got chosen. So on my right pocket, it was bulging out with brand new 35 millimeter rolls of film. And my left pocket was the used ones because you constantly had to change your your rolls. Mm -hmm. How things change. So, yeah. how, how, how have they changed as far as photography yeah. or, or imaging in general? So now we have that, the uh, digital cameras, so it's easy. We, we can see all of our pictures right on scene that we take. Um, and then we even really got away from videotaping, too, at crime scenes now um, because we have Pharaoh and we have Oscar 360. So the state, the state attorney's office, we had to work with them and they go, okay, we don't need video. But if people request it still, we'll bring it out. We still bring out the video camera for all reenactments because it has to be recorded live, stuff like that. So and you used to have to actually draw a sketch of the crime scene, right? Like hand draw? We did. And I always got chosen for that. <laughs> what, so. you're, you're a good artist? Uh, uh, no, I am not a good <laughs> artist. Um, so yes, we used to have to hand draw the scene measure it and write the measurements in. Now the uh, Pharaoh does that. It scans and it takes measurements at the same time. And that wasn't like, I don't think people realize what that measuring looked like. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, the table is, you know, this far away from the wall. It was like, it's this far away here. It's this far away here. Like there's so, like you measured everything. Correct. You had to use triangulation if it was a key piece of evidence. And then you would measure the whole wall. And then I would need a measure from the corner of the wall to the start of the window. Yeah. Then just the window. And then from the window side to the door, then just the door. Like, yeah, it was like a, a long. Ton. And how long would that take at like a typical scene? It used to take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because I can't imagine then once you guys showed Pharaoh and the way that it does all of that is it's mind blowing. Correct. And when you're drawing it, you just have a image on a piece of paper mm-hmm. pharaoh it's a 3d image and mm-hmm. you're like walking through the crime scene and everything and i'm not part of the pharaoh team but they could even take it into the court now and put vr headsets on yeah. and, and they can it. walk yeah. through it and just for uh, probably the best way to describe pharaoh is it looks very similar to some of the tools you see out for surveyors in fact it's the same thing in, in some cases but this essentially uh you can put it in any room uh, and it will do a scan, uh, catch. Uh, there's an outside ins- too. Oh yeah, outside yeah. too. Anywhere, but I mean, it catches an insane number of of points, points, and then it overlays images, and you can pretty much recreate anything. Correct. And then the Oscar 360 camera is the same as Pharaoh. It just does not take the measurements. It's like it it can walk you through the whole scene too. Like the realtors where you click the little arrow, it brings you to where you placed your mm-hmm. thing before. It takes 360 degree photographs all around the scene. And we're and I this, I knew this was gonna be all over the place because there's just so many things to talk about. But mm-hmm. where when when you're going to court, when you have this evidence, I have to imagine the pharaoh. You know, uh, it's indisputable because this is this is where it was that night. It's because I mean, y- you have a situation where they're they're like, oh, they're trying to dispute this was here and there, and it's like, well, no, it wasn't because this was the night of the crime, and and we have it. We've we've replicated it completely and preserved that, which is just, it's insane technology to see. I know that when we have um, public groups and things in forensics, and if we do the whole presentation like we do for Citizens Academy, or obviously for Citizens Academy, like that is the thing that they're like, wow. It's incredible. And I wish I could like showcase it on social media, Mm -hmm. but there's no way to 
to, to show unless literally put on your VR headset. I'm going to take you yeah, to a crime scene. Like, but the ability to go back is just, yeah. it's just, it blows my mind. We have used it in the past, but not in the courtroom. It, it came about prior to getting mm -hmm. to court where it was a case when we were working for St. Pete PD um, where a shooting happened and it involved some witnesses seeing it. They said they saw it. So they were able to put the people back in the scene. They had to get the height and stuff of the people that saw it. And they were able to take the overlay pictures, put them back in the scene. And it determined there's no way they could have saw it. It's they would only right. hear everything. Right. So, that's, that put yeah. the fire out before it went to court. That's kind of that's so what I'm talking it about. has that's, been used with that, but in the actual courtroom, I'm not aware. And of it's any. not like new, really. I mean, before that, it was, it was the Leica. other. There was a Leica scanner, but I mean, when I started here ten years ago, we had the Leica scanner or something close to it. It blew my mind then. But it's just because you figure the the entire point of forensics for ever, right, has been to preserve the crime scene and to make sure that we have as much data as we can, and you can literally take the crime scene anywhere. It's, it's there forever. It's just, that's my favorite thing. I love that. Same. Um, all right. So let's back up a bit. You were talking about gathering hairs, gathering whatever. So this scene, your first scene, uh, gunshot victim in their house, you're gathering, what are you gathering these fibers and stuff for? What are we, what's that process? It's to send to the lab for DNA purposes to try to develop suspects or anything. Just based on hairs, whatever you got. Correct. And then how do you eliminate like potential, like because obviously you're going to have the victim, you, other people that are potentially in their house. Because I mean, back then DNA isn't what it is today. So how much of that, like, did you need to be successful? So that we would take elimination standards. So if that, so on that kind of case, the body goes to the MEO, mm -hmm. and then they collect head hair samples, okay. pubic hair samples, all that stuff. But I, I, I've I've heard you're not you're not a, a hair girl. You don't. I hate like hair. hair. I hate hair in dreams. Like at even head scenes. hair. Head hair. I hate my own hair in the shower. It's disgusting. When we have to go in drains at scenes and all that hairs in it, it, it gags you. So why do you have to go in drains? Like, uh, so we'll have to like blind swab for blood and stuff if someone cleaned up. We have to oh, pull okay. pee traps too on certain scenes. If is you that believe that's a part a like under the sink that yes. keeps the gases yes. from coming back up? Smells. Mmm. You talk about smells. Hmm. That's a smell. It's wow. nasty. So that's that's worse than like the, the blood and the organs and things? Or the, oh, the pee, yeah. The pee trap pee is... trap's disgusting. Wow. I never would have thought that. Hmm. It's very gross because that's the little U-shape. So it holds all that water constantly and it doesn't breathe. Okay. Yikes. So tell me about some other disgusting smells in forensics. Decomps. Okay. Decomps are very disgusting smelling. So you don't always get there when the body's fresh. Oh, you, no. No. No, especially now. Now it's hot outside. Everyone's decomposing oh, yeah. fast. You have like a mask or something you guys wear? We do now. So um, we have a decomp mask that you can wear, and you cannot smell anything in that thing. Mm -hmm. it, it, it rocks. But when you take it off, you smell yourself the rest of the night. It it's sticks on, like on you. Your... It's on you. Oh, yeah. Ew. You come back to the office, if someone worked at decomp, you would walk in from the outside in our office, and you'd be like, holy Moses. And you know how big our office is. Yeah. You would smell it because you're not used to wow. the smell. So then you just work the rest of your day like that? Yep. You just work the rest they of your day They don't give you a like break that. to take a shower and wash the I mean, we have a shower there, hair. so you can, but... 
You probably just get called to another call and don't Correct. have time. And- yeah. So you're, you're obviously using hairs and DNA to try to identify individuals and so forth. What other kind of evidence do you collect uh, on a scene? Like beyond DNA, obviously fingerprint stuff, things they might have grabbed. Like when you go in a house, obviously you're not going to take everything in the house. But like in that case or in a case you have a homicide like that, like what, what is the how do you decide what is evidence, what you're going to check and, and, and what you're not going to? So we get briefed on the situation. So if the story's uh, told to us properly and stuff, it, you could clearly tell what becomes evidence and whatnot. So you start looking for stuff like that. It, at a homicide scene, anything that looks out of place, mm-hmm. obviously we're taking and collecting. Anything in, in the uh, immediate area of the deceased, mm-hmm. that's going to be collected and or processed there. And, and do you have do you have the like the ability to decide? Like, obviously, detectives will tell you what they want, but then if, if you guys are, are free to pretty much take what you think is appropriate. Correct. So we'll converse with the detective and say, hey, do you mind if we take this? Because we feel that it could become something and we could do several other steps at the office. And for the most part, all mm-hmm. detectives agree with that. Okay. As long as it's written in, within the scope of the warrant. Right. So okay. you have to go within the scope of the warrant. Right. So then... You take these items back and you're just trying to get whatever you can out of them. Like, how do you decide how to process this? Like, how to process them, what process to use, whether you're going to do chemicals or black powder, like what dictates that? So it depends on the type of surface. Um, it, it, I, I always try to do chemicals also um, because you could do black powder first. And then if you don't get results, you can move on to your chemical processing. Because chemical processing can permanently damage evidence. Correct. So chemical, is that is that when you use the um, super glue type? So super glue you can use yep. also with black powder. Oh, okay. So okay. you can process with super glue, you can process with black, and then process it with black powder afterwards. Okay. And then you can move into the chemicals. Okay. So, so super glue is just to make the print more evident. It's to fix so, the print so, so to the, the surface. So that you can then dust it. Okay. Correct. And or put a chemical on it. Okay. Gotcha. So. Yeah, and that's not just like taking nail glue and rubbing it on the surface, like what people normally think of when they think of super glue. No, it goes in big fancy machines that have humidity and heat and the fumes attached to the surface of the item. Okay. So in the because chemical processing, that's I mean, there's a lot of stuff, a lot mm-hmm. of options there. So just talk to us about the different types of chemicals, and well, you, let's talk about the the whatever the, the super glue whatever that is. How does that work? Like there's, and there's a machine that goes in. What is that called? It's called one is called the Cyvac machine. And then our new ones are called the safe fume. Okay. So the Cyvac machine is a long machine, so it can hold long guns in it. And you load your evidence into a tray inside the machine. And we call it the lasagna layer machine because you <laughs> can lay items on top of each other and it will process everywhere. So, Underneath the basket is a heat bar, and it runs the length of the machine. And you put two drops of super glue inside foil cups that's in the bar thing that slides onto the heat bar. And then you start the machine, and it uses outside humidity to add the moisture into it. And once the heat bar heats up, it emits the super glue fumes out of the little foil cups, and that attaches to the product. The safe fumes do the same thing, but it has a humidifier inside the machine. So, and what again do you put on the evidence for that to happen? Are you just, or it, it adheres to? It's whatever's on the surface, so it's going to stick to anything. Okay, which mm-hmm. will give you a print yeah. or or whatever. Correct. Okay, and how so, long does that process take? 
The Cyvac takes 40 minutes and the safe fumes take about 20. Okay. Why did I think that was a long time? Is there something that takes longer or no? No. Okay. The Cyvac is the one where we can leave our evidence in all day. You probably heard us say that oh, in okay, the that, tours. That might be And it. that won't over-process. Okay. You can just leave it in for days okay. and, and it, it will be fine. Okay. The other machines you have to shut off. Can over-process it. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So what other, what other chemicals... Um, the main chemical we use is a chemical called M-Star. Okay. It's a fluorescent chemical, so it's orange in color. So we spray it on the item, and then we look at it underneath a blue light source, and then we photograph our prints. On paper, we use a chemical called ninhydrin or indandium. Uh, ninhydrin uh, sits in your locker for a day, or you can heat press it to accelerate it. And indandium it has to be heat accelerated to work, and then that becomes an ALS chemical too. And, and then that's still just revealing whatever is on it. Correct. Right. So that reacts with the amino acids okay. inside your fingerprints. And you now have a way of using uh, gold to find Correct. to reveal fingerprints, right? Correct. We have a vacuum metal disposition chamber, and it uses precious metals to process for fingerprints. It uses gold, silver, or copper, and it always uses zinc. So we can put items in that machine and process it with that, but that's the last step to do to an item. It's done after it's that. It's done after that. Because it puts all of the product onto the surface. And, and so the really cool thing about that is that you, you can get things off a of material that you couldn't usually get fingerprints off of, like, like fabric. Correct. Right? Because mm -hmm. you, there's, there's no real way to get that off any other way. Yeah. Correct. And like old things, too. Old things, too. So mm -hmm. we've done a lot of cold cases in it. Um, a lot of outside agencies come to us to use it for spent casings um, to process. Because there aren't a lot of those around, right? There like, are not. Okay. Uh, Sheriff takes care of forensics, so, yeah. He does. Like there's only a, like a handful of them in Florida. I think less than that, okay. actually. And then uh, we're one of the only uh, agencies other than Largo PD now um, that have liquid nitrogen in our building that we use oh. to separate duct tape. If duct tape's stuck to the sticky side to sticky side, oh. we mm. have to freeze the tape to be able to peel it apart to process the sticky side of the tape where the prints are going to be. Oh, wow. And we have had several outside agencies also come up to and, need and assistance. So like if somebody duct tapes a victim, they can get the fingerprints off Correct. the sticky side. And, that or doesn't, and the, the liquid nitrogen doesn't impact it at all? No. Hmm. Wow. So what, what are, like, back to some of those chemicals and processes, because you, you talked about that's the last thing we can do with it because, like, do you continue to use chemicals until you get what you need, or do you try to get as much, like, what, what is the goal there with using the different chemicals? Like, is it we didn't get what we want here, so we're going to keep going, or we're just going to do it just because, or? So there's a certain sequency chart that you need to look at when you're processing it, but for the most part, if I'm going to use M-Star, I'm going to just super glue it and go to the M-Star. Okay. Um, Ninhydrin is just an anhydrin for the most part and so forth. And then like what are some of the like what are some examples of evidence that may be better to use? Like you mentioned long guns for the 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 safe fume. The cyvac. The oh. so, you, so that would be something for like a long gun or or a handgun, whatever. <laughs> um are there other, you know, where you can only use this on like X on Y or or anything like that? No, it's just uh the safe fumes won't fit a long gun, so that's why you would use a cyvac. Got it. it. Okay. But like, as far as like, how are you going to process? Because you also have, which isn't a chemical thing, but you've got that imaging system. I think that can that can spot. So like, 
why wouldn't you just use that on everything? The full spectrum in yeah. imaging system um, that uses UV light to see an untreated print right. on the surface of an item. So we could take like a water bottle and we could put it underneath the light and the camera will see a print on the surface if it's there and we would take a picture of it that way. But then we would follow that step with the processing also. Okay. So you have to do all that regardless. You have to still process. So that might be something where if you, you know, perhaps it was a, uh, I think you mentioned at one point we were talking, you talked about how there's been times that y'all have processed something, but you use the imaging because you didn't want the person to know you processed it. That's what was said in the last thing. Okay. I've never done that. Okay. Um, You've never, okay. But it could be like so an important document that has to go back and you don't want what it to I get would, damaged. That's okay. what I have done. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I've used that on uh, delicate documents. Um, back in the day, we used to have iodine fuming. Um, and that was what we always used on like birth certificates and stuff. Cause you don't want to ruin anyone's birth certificate mm -hmm. because the iodine fuming will fade off the item. It won't ever stay on it. Okay. We had to take that out of commission because there's too many shellfish allergies because with iodine fuming, you're actually hooking it into a little plastic tube and you're putting a straw on the end and you're like blowing with your own breath through to mm. blow oh. the smoke out the other end. Shellfish allergies. Yeah, what does yes. that have to do with that? Because it fly over my head. Uh, if you're allergic to iod, if you're allergic to shellfish, you're allergic to the iodine in the oh. shell. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but so what? What I was getting at though is that there, are, you you still use those processes and everything for the most part. Not iodine fuming, right? But but, but everything, everything else. else okay. Yes. I just didn't know if it was like, but like if we didn't it, have to. Isn't one of the chemicals amido black? Yes, and that's specifically for when you suspect there's blood. Yes. Yeah, so that wouldn't be used on like everything. No, that would just—that's only if you suspect blood. Okay. The rest of that stuff is mostly like fingerprints. Yeah. 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 Okay. So basically, all the f regular fingerprint uh, stuff is everyone just uses M Star basically. Hmm. Yeah. And then there's also DNA. There's DNA also. So we we used to have to have like a lot of like blood or whatever to get DNA, right? Back in the day, we yeah. used to have a need a large sample of blood to submit to the lab for the DNA. Nowadays. We can just swab an area where you could, the, the blind swab, if it comes back positive where you're just, they think someone touched right here with the bloody hand and you can't see the blood, so I blind swab it, test it with my phenolphthalein and it comes back positive, that is going to the lab and they can potentially get a DNA oh, match. Yeah. So it's come a long way. Because like for touch DNA, you could literally just rub your fingers along the table, leave DNA that you could conceivably find. Yeah, right. you don't even need to be rubbing your fingers. He's Ricky's leaving DNA uh, with his arm right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he I just come along cells. with my swab, swab it, turn it into the lab, and if he's in the system, it's going to come back with a match. Oh. So it's improved. We do touch DNA on all calls, and we also um, swab mouth DNA too, like on drinking items. Okay. Mm. How yeah, do people be... get away with anything? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> Eventually, if, 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 if they'll if get caught. Just, yeah. yeah. Eventually, just because they're not in the correct. system would be the only way that, and, and then if they're not in the system, eventually they possibly will get in the system, so it will get caught then continually. Yeah. So just like a fingerprint, our fingerprints, if we don't make them the first time, I just got a reverse hit from three years ago uh, sent into my email, so they got arrested finally, and it came in as a reverse hit because it hit on that wow. case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was that same group we had the other day. We were talking about how. 
because the sheriff is so good at forensics and we have a lot of great new technology, there's always something new. There's always some new equipment process, mm-hmm. something, and we have it. We always kind of go back where we can and, and deliberately run evidence through it to see if there's something, something new we can get. Um, now back to the, the DNA piece. When we had uh, detective Chalmers in here, we were talking about the genetic genealogy piece. Mm-hmm. Is that like, do you know, and you may not know, the, the databases that the DNA runs through, is it the same where, like, because when you're doing Ancestry or 23andMe or 27andUs or whatever it is, is that the same, is that all the same database? I don't. I don't know that okay. answer. I don't hmm. know if it. I, I know for the genetic genealogy, it's, it, it goes from the, like the 23andMe into right. a different clearinghouse and people have to opt in. They have opt to opt in, in. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if it was like I, the same pot. Thing the law enforcement in general accesses that. Yeah, I, I think, think it has know. to be through be like the, the, the other third, the company, third party, that, whatever. Yeah. Okay, I was curious. Yeah, um, yeah, because it is like, how do you get away with anything? Yeah. Um, and people who have gotten away with things twenty years ago, or think are, they think that they're scot free. They yeah, and they're yeah. not. They're not. They come knocking at their door eventually. That's good stuff. It is. So the the photo lab is another thing that's that's pretty cool because it it always kind of struck me different because everything you do involves photography. Correct. You know, you're you're taking photos in the chemical lab. You're taking photos in the black powder lab. You're doing all that. But what what does the photo lab do? So the photo lab is there to upload our pictures into the picture system we use called Midio. And then they also, when we photograph our fingerprints in the back lab, they also put them on a system and they turn them into a grayscale for us. And then they submit them to our fingerprint section. Okay. So then it's just... It, they just basically process the photos so they're the best they can be. Correct. And then they also handle giving all the copies of photos out to state attorneys and case agents. And and then, because uh, I do remember, you know, a lot of times when you go to the court, you you have to include the information of, you know, how the photo was modified. There's usually the original that's available as well, but it's all, I mean, it's all just documented there. And it's just impressive because there's, again, so many details, even with, sharing a photo to make sure all the bases are covered. Correct. Um, what else with the fun, the nuts and bolts of forensics? Black um, powder is pretty straightforward, but you, we do have that magnetic powder now. Is that what we primarily use? We, we It just depends on who you are. So we have a lot of people that primarily use that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not use it on cars. I'll be there forever because I don't want to accidentally hit the car with the magnetic wand. So I still old school black powder Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm covered from head to toe in it from slinging (laughs) my brush. But if I'm inside a house, I try to use my bag bag powder Mm -hmm. because it's cleaner and you're not making a mess inside people's Mm -hmm. residences. Um, inside a car too, I try to use the mag powder to Mm -hmm. not make as much of a mess. And when you use the powder, uh, so say the exterior of a car or you get, you develop a print there. How do you cap? You obviously take a photograph of it. What else do you do? We don't photo prints. Okay, not at all. No, the only time we would photograph a print if it's on a textured surface um, and we don't think it's going to lift, then we'll take a photo first before we lift it. Okay. So we have fingerprint tape that we use, and we put it on top of the fingerprint on the car, and then we lift it, and we put it on a white fingerprint card. Okay. So, all right, I didn't... Okay. So there's... Is that how you... I mean, you still take photographs of prints that you develop like in the lab, though. Correct. All chemical um, prints have to get photoed because you can't lift. Black powder in the field. Black powder. Yeah. Okay. Which you, for like a dark surface, you guys have other colored powders. We have uh, 
fluorescent powders. Yeah. Yes. I love the hot pink one. If yeah, my car's ever broken into, I, like I, want, I want the hot pink. <laughs> Request the but hot like pink. But on a, on a car, though, we still use black powder, and then we side light stuff. Oh, okay. And then we can lift okay. it. So mm-hmm. it's a challenge, if, especially if you're on midnight shift and you have a dark car. Uh, it's oh, hard yeah. to see. It's a challenge on day shift with the, that new color gray that mm. it just, you can't even see mm-hmm. our powder on it. So you're like, I blind lift now. So like huh? where I think prints are going to be, I process it. Like and the logical I have places, to lift like the door handle. And... Yeah, I lift it off, put it on a card. Oh. Is there anything special about fingerprint tape? Uh, or is it just tape? It's really sticky tape. Okay. Um, I, I don't think it's anything special. Um, just curious. wider. It's stickier than scotch tape. Okay. It's frosted. Okay. So. Probably 10 times more expensive than regular Probably. tape. Probably. I just size. did it was those yeah. things where we just slap this label on it so it's more expensive, but it's the same uh, stuff, you know? Just like our super glue, you know? Right. I, I think it's super glue. It's just watered down a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's got forensics on it. So it's expensive. It's expensive. Just like aviation stuff or whatever. <laughs> Correct. Um, all right. Let's let's just talk about maybe some more cool cases or good stories you have than if we come up with other because I just, there's so much. Mm-hmm. What, any other memorable cases over the years that you've worked or? Well, I, I know you're on the, uh, I've heard you call the queen of the meth labs. Mm. I, I know, I know you're a, you're a hazmat person, and you queen of the meth labs. Yes, queen of but, the but meth in the right labs. way. That's you know. the first the right I've heard. Way. Right, mm, the right way. That's what people are saying about you behind your back. Oh, you have like a my yeah. like a Burger King hat you wear. <laughs> I guess. Where's my hat? <laughs> um. So yes, I'm on the hazmat response team. There's two of us in my division that's on it. It's for Pinellas County, so we're on it with the fire guys. Um, and we go to training every other month for it. So I could go to calls from chemical leaks to chemical fires, which I just got called out for on Saturday up in Oldsmar. Oh, yeah, I said that one up. Mm -hmm. Correct. And then also we go out for the um, clandestine lab team here with the narcotics team. So anytime they have a clandestine lab, they reach out to her or I. That's a big word. That is a big word. What does that mean? That means a... Meth lab, okay. narcotics oh. lab. Okay. I'm thinking so. like the horse. Clydesdale? Yep. That's what my brain <laughs> Close, heard. yeah. Nailed it. I was like, that can't be right. Probably some beer there, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so meth labs. Yes. Uh, is, it, is it exactly like Breaking Bad? Exactly. All I, of it. I've never seen one like Breaking Bad yet, um, but uh, I, I don't know. So it's know. not like all the pretty, it's, beautiful no. lab equipment, I, all shiny. I have and- not had one yet. Um, my meth labs have consisted of basically one pots. Basically, it's a two liter bottle of soda that has some lithium in it and stuff, and that's how they're making their lab. I did have one that was a little bit more set up, um, and I had to go in. This was when I first got on the team. I had to go in and take overall photographs of the house and I come back outside and the guys go, did you get a picture of the generator? So I was like, generator? Where was the generator? So I was like, oh, I'll be back. So I go back inside the house, looking everywhere for a generator. Should be pretty big, pretty obvious. Should be pretty big. I know what a generator looks Mm -hmm. like. Go back outside. I'm like, there's no generator in there. So they walk in, and it was a Gatorade bottle with a piece of tubing coming out of it. That's oh, called a generator in meth okay. lab because it generates the, to build the product or something. I love getting new drug slang. How does one make meth? I want to make it, but we're not allowed. We're so not allowed why? Well, yeah, I wonder just, why. You, so you have all the products in your house, I guarantee you. Okay. So, so you this, have all the products. So there's one pot. It's like, a, you know, it's like an Instapot for meth. It's Yeah, it's in a two-liter bottle, and that's bad because if the lithium's in it, it can go boom. Now, where, Ooh, do, where do you get lithium it. from? Batteries. Okay. 
Oh, lithium ion, right? Okay. So right. they're taking apart the batteries. Okay, get them. Look resourceful, at least. Yeah. Does but it have to be like a fully charged battery, or can it be a dead battery? No, just the lithium. Well, well, that's efficient. That would be green thing, right? Reuse the batteries to make yeah, meth. Yeah. Wow. What 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 other? You said just common household things. Yes. So I could go home and get things out of my cupboard and make meth now. If you I could made if really you bad choices it and found out the products you needed. What other stuff do you need? Without giving like recipes and proportions, leave out one. You thing. can Google so it. People aren't going to be yeah. like. Yeah. You, we're not going to arrest somebody a year from now with no teeth. Like I listened to it on the podcast. <laughs> I made meth. We're going to ruin so many lives if you tell they us. They arrested me. Yeah. It's so like, you need Sudafed. Sudafed. Sudafed, but the one okay. that you got to buy from Over the, the pharmacist now, okay. where you have to give your ID. Mm-hmm. Uh, cold packs. You need. You can use gold. The cold pack. Like like inside the instant, of the cold pack. Uh, things. You know, like the like the, the like, bag ones that like you can he- to for to put on your arm if it hurts yeah. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's a promo item. Yeah, we got those. Yeah. yeah. We might have enough here at the SAB to make meth. Drano. Drano. Okay. Hmm. I know they use that in this building. Gatorade bottle. Gatorade bottle. All stuff I'm super excited about putting into my body. A plastic tray. I know, right? Yeah. Wow. How long does it take? I don't know. I don't know that. So why... uh, While everybody scurries around their house to to find the... the, (laughs) What is what is special about why do you why does there have to be a special team for this? Like you just have to be careful around the chemicals. You know what's going to happen. Like what is the specialty there? So myself and the other member are the only people level A certified, meaning that we can go on an SCBA in an inside an encapsulated suit. An SCBA, self-contained breathing apparatus. Okay. So uh, like, like the fire without the like U. firewares with the air tank on your back okay. and the air mask. Oof, that does mm-mm. inside a plastic suit. With the big face shield over you. It's so like those T-Rex costumes? Oh, yeah. So you're inside the mask already, breathing the tank air. Then you're inside a plastic suit, which is hot. And then with a... Sh- you can't see because everything fogs up mm-hmm. and you're trying to walk and do it. It's fun. Sounds dangerous. It's fun. So how often do you have to actually go into these things, whether it's a meth lab or like a um, industrial fire. water yeah. treatment center leak or something? Um, not much. Um, so... Like our clandestine labs, I've never went into a full level A suit. I've been mm-hmm. on air before in a, a level B suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for the most part, if we don't have to go in the house, our guys are pretty good about bringing all the items out to us to process. They set up a little uh, tarp and they have certain piles where certain chemicals go over here, the other chemicals go over there because we have the disposal trailer here mm-hmm. on site that it all comes back and has to go into then then it goes up somewhere way far so who are the ones far. actually going in are those the fd hazmat people all suited up or are these it's uh our clan our narcotics or? detectives okay. so okay. there's a team of them that go out to okay. it so um but you almost had to go in once to, i uh, i did tell me about that i did well i went into this chemical fire on saturday oh okay um in oldsmar and I had to wear my SCBA in that, um, but I didn't have to do anything other than pictures. Yeah. Uh, so thank God it was just a little like fan on fire and they were able to get the fire out before the chemicals went up or it would have been a mess. So even if there's no like potential crime involved, you guys are going out there. So I got the, I got the hazmat page. Okay. So uh, we get the pages that the firefighters get if they do a hazmat all upgrade. So when we get that page, we respond to whatever it is. Regardless. Regardless. Okay. And then 
Uh, while I was there, they determined that it's not going to be a hazmat call anymore because the product that was leaking was actually the um, vat that was just a, a cleaning product before they put the items into the chemical. Okay, got it. But there was um, one that there was a chlorine leak. There in, was a chlorine uh, leak in Dunedin yeah. uh, at the water treatment plant during the RNC. Mm. So, so 2012. Yes. So everyone was activated to the RNC. So it was limited people left that could do something. So we got that page, go up there, and uh, it was leaking in the chlorine uh, tank. And so the first group went in, and you can only stay inside for 20 minutes, and they pull you up because your body's under a lot of stress and you're inside that level A suit and stuff. So 20 minutes is the max you got to get out. In the suit, period, regardless of what you're working with. Correct. Okay. So then when two people are in, two people are halfway suited up to just zip up real fast and go and put their air on to go in and rescue them if needed. So those two people came out. These two people go in. Well, the next two people were me and one other person. And so I'm You know it's getting there. bad if you're and next I, on the list. And I, if I'm next on the list to go in like that, because I normally do the decon side at hazmat teams where I'm scrubbing people that come out, doing stuff like that. Or just helping dress out and stuff. But to like go in and fix a chemical leak, which these guys do every day, just they don't get hazmat all upgraded because it's normally small, like at pinch a penny or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there, oh, this is the real thing. My heart was racing. And before you go in a suit, they also have to do medical on you. Mm -hmm. So if your blood pressure is too high or anything, you're not going in. So I was like, I'll be fine. I'm scared. My blood pressure's got to be through the roof. I'm not going in. They check it. It was normal. So uh -huh. I said, oh, my God. So they kept saying, like, 10 minutes left, five minutes left. And I was like, now I'm nervous. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. And you can't see anything because it's leaking. The vapor is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be in this suit. And I'm thinking, well, I won't even be able to see the wrench, you know. Thank God they fixed it within, like, a minute or something oh. to go. So I never had to go in. What a relief. Yeah. <laughs> So is that a is that something? What makes you say I want to be on the hazmat team? So back in the day, um, one of the supervisors that no longer works here anymore, she told us about the team and everything, and I said, "Oh, that seems kind of fun. I'll try out for it." So I tried out for it, and I got it. So I've been on it since maybe two thousand and five. Oh wow! Yeah. So. All right, let's talk about some other fun cases, the forensic stuff. What you got? Uh, was one you said was particularly horrible with the, the three victims and the oh yeah so uh, horrible case I worked I can't go into much detail about it because it's still going to go into trial but I could talk about the stuff that's been publicized it was for an outside agency it involved three victims that were beat multiple times um, put inside plastic uh, oriental rugs stuff like that and also covered in paint and multiple chemicals on top of their body before they were rolled in it. Uh, there was three dogs also deceased inside a black trash bag in the bathroom, which that was scary for me because at the time of us working the call, it was a four, three or four day scene. Um, and being in that call was in January. So it wasn't that hot out, 
But being all the chemicals and all the decomp smells, we had to wear a full face mask the whole entire scene. We could not be inside the house without the full face masks on. And it had been like 10 10 days that the bodies had been there before they were discovered, Correct, correct. So they were fully decomped. And uh, the kids were missing at the time. It was a married couple. He had murdered the wife up in Pasco, and the kids were missing. So they're like, you have to, we have to open up the black trash bag. Oh, gosh. I'm like, I can't do it because the way it looked, it looked like it could have been the size of the kid that was yeah. missing. I was like, I, I, I can't do it. And we had several of us on the scene because it was just so much work. So one of the members came forward and opened the trash bag for me, and it ended up being the three doggies, two or two doggies, three people, two doggies. Which is probably still pretty sad. traumatic. Yeah. It yeah. was just a hard, tough case to wow. work. So mm. I'm not looking forward to having to relive it. So there were, uh, uh, you mentioned, you, did you mention there were some chemicals and stuff in there or like they'd been painted or, or whatever? He pour, They poured paint all over the people and chemical products. Because the person resided in the house with the children after they did this to them. So I think because the decomp smell, they were trying to mask it with anything they could. That didn't work. To, and it didn't work, so they finally left the location. Did that, had any of that impact your ability to process evidence on the bodies and things? So we still process it exactly like we normally do, but um, I'm sure some of it could impact it. Mm -hmm. But we still collect it like we would normally do. We still do the fingernail scrapings and clippings and swabbings. We still do the whole nine yards. So why does that case stand out for you just because of how big of it, how big it was, the, all the things you described? Because you see horrible things all the time. So what, what makes a case really stand out to you? That was one of the worst ones I've seen just because of everything involved. That one actually came back and haunted me for a long time. I would have trouble sleeping and stuff like that. Like it bothered me. It, it must be hard, all of the things you see. Yeah, and- for the most part, like we... That's why, like, when you see us, if the media decides to put out of their 10 hours a video of us and they put five minutes and you see us laughing, we're not laughing about anything at the scene. Right. We, we are joking around with each other because that's how we cope with stuff, you know, mechanism. because yeah, we yeah. have to stand there looking over these people for hours. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard, especially when it involves, um, you know, people, you know, and I've had to deal with that. That was oh, rough. Wow. Really? So. Hmm. Dang. Is what that else? something you want to talk about? or So Magley was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've worked the law enforcement desk before, uh, conduct for Pinellas Park and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Tarpon Springs. But, or for Tarpon Springs, mm-hmm. sorry. But you're you're not close to them. So when the Magley call came in, I was like, oh, Lord. So I had to work it, and I was assigned. It was multiple crime scenes because mm-hmm. it stretched so long. And my assignment was where he was. So we we have to stand around him for hours and process him and everything and it's just just hard you know to see someone like that. So that mentally messed us up too yeah. a little bit cuz we can't like everyone else that was there um they're able to walk up, look, stand there a little bit and then they can go walk away. Process. We mm-hmm. we couldn't leave. You have to stay right so there. So we yeah. were with him until the ME got him out. So, like, we couldn't just walk away and then come back to the situation. So, so how do you, how do you how do you deal with the feelings and still do a professional jobs? Is it just compartmentalization? You just like put your feelings in yep. this little box and open them later because we're just mindset to get 
get the best evidence, get this job done to get justice for them, you know. Right. And, and then later, the case for him. Then, then later, that's when, you know, you sit and break down about it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, Hartwick was the same way. I unfortunately had to work that too. Oh. Um, and I was with him too, over him until he got taken away too. So it's just... And then it brought back a lot of memories right. standing there yeah, to Magley too, because you know it's a, a, another vehicle. So right. it was just hard. And then I also just recently had to work the death of Trill, um, mm, yeah. and I was close to Trill, so yeah. that was rough yeah, for I've me. Seen and, the pictures of and, you guys together, mm-hmm. and yeah. And I did him at the hospital, oh, so wow. that must have been. Rough. Yeah, I was really nervous about that one because I. I didn't know if I'd be able to hold myself together seeing his family and the child. So I just driving there the whole time. I just kept telling myself, you have to hold it together. You have to hold it together. You got to hold it together. And thank God, um, the child was not on scene. Um, and the, the wife was down the hallway in the chaplain's office. So I only dealt with several members of the PD, but I was able to hold it together. They're not, they're not, I mean, there's really not too much that's glamorous about forensics, really, but it is something that people have so much um, interest in, but the, most of it is the tough stuff like that. And I just, yeah. But, but the motivator would have to be to get justice. To make sure you have the facts, get everything together, because uh, forensics was recognized, obviously, for their work on Magley's case, uh, and because uh, you guys did good work. You just mm-hmm. got to do it. It's yeah. got to be easy to. Not easy, but it's easy to get motivated, obviously, in a, in a situation like that. Yeah. Um, what else? What else we got? She, you got you got twenty plus years of of great stories. How, how do you? Uh, I heard, heard you were worried about getting. You're kind of a germaphobe, which is a kind of weird thing for your profession. Um, <laughs> doesn't like, like hair. Doesn't stuff like on you. I do not like anything on me. I don't like touching stuff. I am a very big germaphobe. So there was somebody who. How does that uh, work out? Well, well you would think it <laughs> would. Know, they, I, always we're always clean. Like I, I, you see me in the back lines. I'm always put gloves on when I walk back for the Scissors Academy. I never touch anything with my bare hands. That's true. And if I do, yeah. where do I go immediately to the sink? Yeah, wash your hands. So un- right. under under certain conditions, people will uh, will melt. Yeah, decomps. Uh disgusting so I had a case back in the day and he died on his couch and to get in, and he was a hoarder too and to get in his house we had to use the kitchen um, sliding glass door so when you enter in the kitchen to the right or, or into the dining room to the right is the kitchen and straight ahead is the living room where he was at and I was like oh god because I could see the juices going across the tile floor like that that far they would go yeah from, his body was yeah. on the sofa and they yeah they just spread across yeah because the room? it just keeps melting and I was like this is disgusting so you have to photograph the whole house and there was a cut through from the kitchen to the hallways to get to the back bedroom so of course I take that route so I'm doing my thing doing her thing and there's flies everywhere it's really gross. So you don't ever want to talk on a decomp scene if you're not wearing a mask because you don't want that fly in your mouth that just ate the body. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. So many horrible things that I haven't even thought of about your And job. they land oh on gosh. you and they leave the marks of the decomp juice on your person. It's very, it's, I don't like decomps. So Would you ever process a fly? A side note, to see like what it had touched or ate? Like, could you get? Uh, I, I think there's people that do that. What are they called? 
the people that look at bugs. Entomologist? Yeah, that word. Okay. Big word. I don't know. Like what a fly had eaten the crucial piece of evidence and then you could, okay, carry on. I'm sorry. So I, that's a movie right there. <laughs> I did my thing and I thought I was cool. I'm like, oh, I'm going to stand at the end of this hallway here and zoom in, take a picture of him on the couch. Oh, I'm doing this. This is cool. Not stepping in the okay. puddle of person Not at all. Not stepping in the puddle, puddle of person, person at all. Oh right. Oh boy. So the Emmy gets there and he's like so far gone and we couldn't really take overall pictures and stuff like we normally do the eyes and the frenulums and stuff like that and he was just like it just come soup off. to the point they actually used a spatula to get some pieces into the bag that oh. they take the body in so i get to my van and i clean myself up i spray the bottom of my shoes with our hip spray we call it and i get in my van and i'm sitting there and i'm like smells like the guy's in my van. And I know I smell, but I'm like, right. it smells like he's in my van. And I go, that person put his gloves in my van because I he knew I didn't like the smell. So I get out, look in my trash can. His gloves aren't in there. That means gloves aren't in like there. Like a practical so, joke. Like, yeah, I guys, thought he was joking yeah. with me. So I get back in my van, start driving. I'm like, it's in my van. Where did he hide the gloves? So I get out again. It was on the bottom of my shoes. Ooh. So I call my supervisor at the time, and she's like, just get back here. We'll soak your boots in bleach. It will be fine. So I do that. It, I can still smell it. So I soak again, can still smell it. Brand new boots went straight in the trash. Because oh, yeah. oh, that's oh, disgusting yeah. to me. Uh, I think everyone. <laughs> and I always said, this is my thing. And blood, I don't like blood. I don't like decomp juice or blood, like, I would never be I don't a blood know if anybody spatter. Really That's likes what I was it. thinking. Yeah. Well, people are blood spatter experts. They yeah. like to get up in there and do all that. Not me. I don't even like having to take the pic. I hate blood. I just don't like it. This is hilarious. So I always say, if I ever fall in <laughs> right? someone's blood or in decomp juice, this is all coming off. I don't care who's around. You're gonna get a show because I am not <laughs> wearing this. <laughs> just avert your you eyes fast. Will, <laughs> I will run to my van and get a Tyvek suit. So you would rather strip down naked in the same room with a, crime scene. a puddle person <laughs> than uh, get it on your clothes. Obviously, I would run out the, the house, the door, and you didn't strip say. right you there. Didn't be naked in the neighborhood. Just, I would just, I don't care who's around. It's coming off as fast Oof. as it could come off. Wow. Because <laughs> that is not going to get into through my clothing onto my skin. Yeah. Mm. So do you guys respond to every like deceased person call? For the most part, yes. Yeah. Except for if it's like a, um, like, um, what's it called? Attended death. First word sounds like. The, the, the hospice. Hospice. Oh, okay. Hospice. Like an attended death then. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think people realize how often like that is going on in the county. Oh, yeah. Like. When I had more time when I was working downstairs and I was looking at active calls all the time, deceased person, deceased person. Dying right and left. And it gets constantly it gets a lot around the holidays <laughs> too because people call and try to get a hold of people. Oh, I can't get a hold of so-and-so. Yeah. Can you do a welfare check? And then they find them deceased. Uh, uh, suicides pick up around holidays. Oh, that's got to be bad. Gosh. What is the... There have got to be some cases over the years that you felt like 
that was, you know, you, you felt accomplished, like you felt like that was a, a favorite case or, or you really just, it was like the mission moment where you feel good about your job and maybe, maybe having to be around some blood or, or puddle person juice, like that, that just, that was a good case. You're proud of yourself on it or proud of your colleagues or whatever. I, I made a guy one time from a homicide scene where I didn't actually work the scene, but I had to respond there to get a doorknob off of the scene that there was a bloody print on it. So I brought it back to the office and I used Amido Black on it and I got the ident to the suspect while they were still working the scene. So wow. I, I think I, that's the year I got forensic specialist hmm. the year. Okay. Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the year I was the best one ever. Um, yeah. What about scary stuff? So I did have that moment. Years ago, um, uh, I was on a burglary scene up in Oldsmar, and I was told that the deputies cleared the house, and uh, it was a like a duplex place. And the women, the lady that lived there was an elderly female, and she planted plants all the time out back. And she went to go do her planting in the morning on her porch, and she noticed her um, knife was missing off of her plant shelf where she always housed it. So then she goes into her bedroom and realizes, like, the jewelry box is open or something. So she's like, what's going on? Well, then she realizes her kitchen window's ajar. So she called law enforcement. Uh, they could see scratches on the kitchen window. So now we're working a burglary. So they're like, this is what happened. We believe someone took the knife, used the knife to pry the window open, and went and took her jewelry while the woman slept. So I'm in there photographing the house. Her son comes over um, because she's elderly, and he always comes over whenever there's an issue. And I'm in the bedroom, which has a bathroom inside of it. And he goes, oh, where's mom's rug? I'm like, rug? And he's like, yeah, she keeps a rug in front of the tub. She always calls me and says someone steals her rug. I always find it in the shower because, you know, she's older. And I was like, oh, okay. And he went to go look in the shower. I said, no, don't look in the shower yet. I have to still photograph everything like it is. So I continue on with my photos, move the shower curtain, photograph the shower. There's a closet in the bathroom. I open the closet. I was like, oh, there's her rug. Not thinking of anything of it. I move said rug. There's a lady hiding there with the knife. Uh. That's a first, And now I'm trapped. I have no way out. Because there's no door for me to get out from where now she pops out at She's me. She's between you and the door. She's between no me and escape. the door. There's no escape in this room. So my, I'm, that's the first time I ever called because the deputies aren't with me. Mm -hmm. I oh. called 1024 on the radio, which means help now. Yeah. So, so 94 is ever. just like a regular backup. 24 is you're going to lights and sirens. This is something serious. Get here right back now. Correct. And instantly they got there and got her um, into custody. But um, what did she that do? Was the like, did you guys just she, like stare at each other? Just, yeah. I because the the son was screaming at her so i oh, think he had okay. her like she didn't know what was going on uh -huh. and i was just like standing there oh here it is and and we had just got our oc taken from us the because pe pepper the, spray. The, the, the pepper yeah. spray because uh everybody went to tasers so they took they took oc off of the list so that they didn't took give it you a taser us. it didn't give us a taser <laughs> yeah. and i i get it i get why they took it because it always doesn't work on people it could just make mm -hmm. people i learned that in academy it should, can just make them more angry i would never use it on a person i liked it for the mere fact about dogs like when mm -hmm. we're walking in people's backyards or businesses or neighborhoods and a random stray dog's hauling at you yep. you can maybe spray the dog so i could get away from said dog and not mm -hmm. get bit because mm -hmm. i don't have a taser or gun i can't I'm getting bit. 
Yeah. If right. a dog's running at yeah. me, you can't so, still throw your, your your black powder at no, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a. I think Stand the back, heaviest item. <laughs> the heaviest item on my belt is the radio, so I could like hit him with a radio. Swing that <laughs> an impact weapon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was my scariest moment. Mm. That yeah. could that have potentially scary. gone so horribly. That could have. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh. but deputies don't stay on the scene when you guys are processing, or so um, they they had a call down the street. So they left. Um, but now I have them stay on the scene. Yeah, because I'm like, what if the person returned? Like, if the person's not right. in custody. Right. Yeah. I mean, it depends yeah. on the nature of what it is, too. I mean, yeah. you know, but yeah, for sure. I would. I, <laughs> yeah, I do now yeah. because, you know, we're not paying attention when we're fully yeah. processing. Right. We're, we, we don't know our surroundings because we're into doing our work. Mm -hmm. Anytime someone can come up behind us. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. How, yeah. How how are deputies about preserving crime scenes do they go in and mess up your evidence or, or fd or uh fd does a lot so on suicides and stuff they like to move the gun oh um which the gun no, can still tell a story on a suicide yeah um so that's crime scene 101 the guy's not gonna come or lady's not gonna come back alive and shoot you or will they yeah. <sighs> i always said the day someone comes alive on me also it's gonna be it is the day i'm walking out <laughs> i will call the sheriff and say Everything's in my vehicle at my residence. You can come get it. Is it true people move after they're dead? I have heard that story. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've but, heard stories of people um, like, like literally up. dead, not just falsely accused of being dead, but literally sitting up. So we had a dead. we had a lady that worked suicide, and she was doing thirty five millimeter. Uh -huh. So she had to go get more film, and they shot themselves in the bed. And so she had to go out to her van out front and she heard noise behind her when she started walking away and the person was walking. Like they took their final walk and it just fell down to the ground. What? Oh. Yeah. So they can also sit up too and transport. Like when they're transporting, if like they, you hit a bump, like it's just your gas is like, uh, like it's, I don't know. I'm telling you, the day it happens to me, I'm done. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am done. Mm -mm. Speaking of gases, bodies um, expand. Some after they die and they, then and maybe even pop oh that, yeah i've had true? one pop on me like when i was holding the hand <gasps> how did you end, not uh, end up naked after uh, that <laughs> well it was on my glove so like oh, okay. that can come, come off. off okay <laughs> so i had a uh it could they couldn't be id'd by their driver's license they were deceased on their couch and their hands were swollen and wet so i was like drying them with the towel and trying to ink it to bring back to aphis to identify the fingerprint and I'm like lightly doing it, just lightly and lightly. And I get to the other hand and it popped the one finger on me and the juices went everywhere. It's Ugh. disgusting. Oh, so it's not like the whales on the beach. and it's just, <sighs> The whole body doesn't. The whole body <laughs> can, can I've seen Damn that, it. but I know. I have something to look it. forward to so now. When the ME moves them and they have uh -huh. a big bubble on it, it will pop. It's nasty. Ooh. And it stinks worse than it already stinks. Worse than the pee drain? Mm. It depends on the location you're at pulling mm. the P-trap. Okay. Or P-trap, that's what I meant. Different kind of stink. I need to get yeah. all my fluids in place straight <laughs> where you can get fluids. Um, okay. I, I tell you, the people, the, the techs at the medical examiner's office that come get the bodies, those people are, are next level. I, I, I don't even I, no. Yeah, exactly. That like, we, like to... Be, they're up in it. They're yeah, using spatulas. They're driving with them in the. Oh no, I'm just good with it at the scene yeah. and bye bye. You guys rock and uh, roll. Bye bye. 
Yeah, they they need to get more credit than they're given. Oh, they hundred percent do. That is one job that I would never want. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people say that about your job. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they will now that they've heard what's <laughs> yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah. 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 they're like, oh, maybe not, maybe not. Fingerprints. Yeah. yeah. What uh, What are some things uh, we talked a little bit about? How you know Hollywood and CSI and stuff is kind of messed up people's expectations of forensics. Is there Is there anything that is depicted in in pop culture and shows about forensics or or things that may have been depicted in the past that are, are true now? Like was there were they depicting technology you know twenty years ago or fifteen years ago that is, is true now or, or is there anything at all that they get right? Well, mm, maybe forensics files gets it right. Well, is these other shows isn't mm, forensics files just isn't that like first forty eight where it's, it's just like, like actual friend? Right, I know. Okay, so yeah, we're so no not, drama series. They're that, drama. They're, we're not solving a crime in five minutes. Right. Uh, maybe not even a day. Mm-hmm. You don't see me rolling up in a Hummer in a mini skirt. Right. Maybe I can write that memo next to the sheriff. Yeah. Well, we, hey, we got, got, got the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would get you the Hummer uh, and the mini skirt. You, can you get me in the Hummer and the mini skirt? Get your uniform. Work on it. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of pockets though. <laughs> I will not wear high heels though. It's no? got to be flats. Okay. No, because. I live in work boots mm. and off duty it's flip flops or tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well, and boots the heel look good with tennis skirts would, though. Would yeah. slide yeah. in a human puddle, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. So they don't get anything right then is what you're saying. No. Nothing. Uh, not no, one it's, thing. It's it's all for drama for the T V shows. Right. Hmm. You know, they're using the blue light and broad daylight and right. everything's glowing. That but we do work. have blue lights that we can use in daylight or the lasers. The tracer laser we can oh, use in the broad daylight. It's intense. It's a full on laser. Um, and I actually have used it in the broad daylight when we first got it because I was like, there's no way this is going to work. It was a car in a field. I was told it couldn't be towed because it's in a woods in a field. So I'm envisioning a car on blocks mm-hmm. or fully overgrown because mm-hmm. why else can't it be towed for us to fully process? Because yeah. it was a rape case. So we had to go to the scene mm-hmm. and process it. We roll up there. It's a grass field the size of this room with like three trees in it. And the car's like right near one of the trees and it's on all wheels. <laughs> oh, I go, okay, why can't this be towed? Mm-hmm. So long story short, we ended up having our regular handheld lights um, out there. You couldn't see anything because there's no shade. It's right. bro- it, no cloud in the sky, bright sun. So called the office. The tracer laser's portable. We just got it, brought it out. And I'm like, oh, we're not going to see anything. Because we were always trained, need darkness. Mm-hmm. It showed. So we were able to photograph the ALS on the wow. back seat of the car. and Be done. Be done. Mm. So that's uh, a good point, though. So you you do have a space at the office where you can process vehicles, and you always prefer to do that. Correct. We prefer to process stuff in controlled environments. We have an off-site forensics processing garage where we like the vehicles to get towed back to, mm-hmm. and we can process it. Take in your controlled. time. Don't have to worry about the elements and Correct. things. Correct. Which is a, another point. Uh, fingerprints don't last as long in the heat. Is that right? So the heat could potentially melt them together because your fingerprints made up of... 98% water, and mm-hmm. the rest is lipids, solids, fats, or not solids, sodiums, fats, chlorides. So in the heat, it can melt together. Uh, rain, it can wash it away. So, But mm. it could still be there, too. 
Right. You never know till we throw our magical powder on it. <laughs> See if it's still there. <laughs> yeah. What's ALS? Alternate light source. Oh, okay. Okay. ALS is a lot of things. It's I related keep to fire. Is, I keep disease. saying ALF. That's what we're ALF. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's not it. Not it. That's not, not it. it. <laughs> You're saying something else. What um what is the part of the job that you just hate besides blood and puddle people? That's probably it. It's probably it. Puddle people the most. I know there's another smell you don't like. Oh, fires. You don't like the smell of fire? I love working fire scenes. I hate the smell of fire. So The way it sticks to you? Yes. So Mm. I hate... In the wintertime. You're not I, coming to the bonfire no. then? No. <laughs> nope. So I'm the person that has well, the gas fire pit now. I live <laughs> way north of here. So where I live, it still actually gets cold in the winter because I'm not surrounded by concrete. Georgia? Do you live in New York? <laughs> they, they say I live in North Georgia. <laughs> That's what they say. And uh, so I have my windows open at night. It's 40 degrees outside. The second I smell that fire coming in, like from another neighbor's mm-hmm. house, it, the windows are closed and the AC's on. I can that smell I cannot stand. And it's just from all these years of working multiple fire scenes and just sitting in it all day. Cause all day long you mm-hmm. smell it. Uh, I was telling Laura when you work a fire scene and you wash your hair, if you blow dry it, it Re- still oh, smells. Reactivates. Oh, reactivates the smell. Correct. That makes sense. But you like fire scenes. I do. I love fire scenes. So uh, there's something wrong with you. I just think they're interesting. I know, but so, you can't so stand fire smell. But you like I, fire scenes. I'm weird. We're all weird in friends. That's true. We're all yeah. I'm starting up to notice that. Too, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> don't point at me, Ricky. <laughs> we uh, I actually uh, had a sad fire call in the beginning of my career. So. Um, Amber Camacho, mm-hmm. when we both worked the road together, well, she started before me one day, like her shift was before mine. So I was driving into work and I see her on a fire for Pinellas Park at a horse barn. Mm. And I know she doesn't like fire and it was going to be extended scenes. So I went to relieve her and it was really sad. I was like, oh God, I relieved her on the wrong type of fire mm. scene because the horses, the lady did her best to try to get them all out, mm-hmm. but horses don't like change. So she had trouble getting a lot out. A lot of them ran right back into where they oh knew. So they gosh. ran back into the fire. Oh. And you can, t- it was just strange because you could tell the horses that were in action because they were all just like down right there mm-hmm. and burnt. It was bad. Mm. Yeah. So what do you like about your job? I like, <laughs> so let's find the good stuff now, please. <laughs> I like my job. Um, I like the fact that uh, I, I just like getting justice for victims. I like to find that key piece of evidence that will solve the crime for them, you know, and figure out who did what to them, even just from simple burglaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other part of my job I like is you never know what the day is going to bring. Every day is new. Like it could just be routine day with routine day would be signal sevens, which is dead people or vehicle burglaries, mm-hmm. or it could be a major call. It could be anything from a homicide to a department shooting. You just never know what's going to come across the CAD when the call comes into us. Uh, another interesting part of the job that I like, because I don't like to sit still, um, is you're basically at a different scene every day. You have a different scenery. So like if I work 10 vehicle burglaries that week, all of them is going to be a different scenery. So it, I, I think that people tend to stay longer because you're going to different places versus Variety. coming to the same mm-hmm. desk, doing mm-hmm. the same thing, seeing the same sights. Yeah. Right. 
you talked about liking to get justice and stuff for victims and helping people. Are, are there how many cases? Are there any that are kind of still out there that are that are bugging you? Like you know, you're always wanting to run, you know, run that again, or or let's let's try processes. Is there any cases like the that are kind unsolved, of like uh, any unsolved stuff that's kind of sticking with you? So our missing cadet case mm-hmm. that I worked. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. one's yeah. still like I want to know where is she at? Kelly Just Roswell. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I worked that case. Um, it was an interesting case. I can't talk about it much because it's still not closed. But mm-hmm. I just, just where did she go? Right. I have my own theory, um, but I, I don't know. Um, it's just, it's all just really strange. Mm-hmm. That one was a little weird. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, you got to have at least one, I would imagine. Yeah, so. yeah. that's that's a good that's one. That's the one's, one. That one's got a lot of people captivated. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you uh, if you weren't in forensics, what what job would you like? I know I know there was. I I would probably go be a firefighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because you'd be great climbing up on ladders and being up on roofs. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fire calls. <laughs> but uh, just like I I learned a lot about the firehouse and stuff because when I got on the hazmat team, it was mm. an in person training, so I was separated from the agency. I was still an employee here, but like I had to be in house training for five weeks or six weeks at the fire department. So I got to see a lot of it. And I was at the Seminole Station 29, so it's the big station in mm-hmm. Seminole, so it, ha- it has a lot of operations in it. And I was like, man, they they get to come here. They get to cook breakfast together, cook lunch together, eat dinner together. At night they get to watch TV and Lazy Boys. and Take sl- naps. Sleep on take the naps. job, yeah. Yeah, they get to take naps. And nobody ever gets mad at them. I know. Yeah. Everyone is always happy to see them. I it's know. Saving the day. It's like, I just want to take a five-minute cat nap every now and then, mm-hmm. but we're not allowed. Yeah. You know, we should yeah. talk to the sheriff about we, that. We should, because, you know, they, they have the studies done in other countries where, you know, take like a 15-minute nap after lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, then you're it, rejuvenated. It, it, Your yeah. mind is sharper after We got the shiwis, so. Maybe we like, let's cancel well, think, the mini skirt. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I think yeah. it's one or the other. <laughs> and take naps. Yeah, we'll go back to nap time. I mean, you do it in like preschool. I know. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it back then because I was a kid. Well, you're sleeping but, on the floor too. Well, that too. But now, no, there's cots. Yeah, I had a cot. Oh, I, did, I, I was on the floor back yeah, in my they day. Changed it in the snow. <laughs> um, Uphill both ways. But yeah. I never seen snow. <laughs> really? What? Oh. Nope. Yeah. Even in your north eh, north home. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it here back in whatever year. Snow oh, flurry like here as a little girl. I know there was a. There was a flurry. I was in the backyard all freaking out about it. My mom was from. Pennsylvania, so oh. she and then she moved to New York, so she's seen plenty. So she of snow. recognized what that stuff was. It yeah. was falling down. Yeah, a little overrated, I think, but mm-hmm. especially when you have to shovel it. I like That's to see it in the snow, is. but the, the actually maintaining your house in the snow was a bit annoying. So people that don't want to be firefighters that actually want to go into forensics, um, what kind of person do you need to be to to be successful in forensics? Besides somebody that, well, you can even not like all the smells and whatnot and still do it. So. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. And well, we have masks. You. Yeah. And you can and be a germaphobe. It's yeah. the best to be the germaphobe because you know everything's going to be clean. Clean, yeah, that's true. So when mm-hmm. they ask you, you know, what did you do to uh, prevent cross-contamination, you mm-hmm. could this, this, and this, you know, mm-hmm. it's always going to be done. Um, just have a degree and want to show up to work and work 12-hour shifts, work Weekends and holidays, birthdays. You're really painting a Yeah, I'm like, wow, <laughs> sign me up. You mean you are solving crime and finding justice for victims. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but like you don't work every weekend. Like you guys no, are just 12 hours. is shifts. never going to be assigned to HR. <laughs> 12 hours shifts now. It's given. terrible. Don't do it. 
Yeah, I can't use any of this. I on never see my family. <laughs> twelve hours just gives us every other weekend off. Right now, yeah, so that's, no, yeah. that's nice. People like twelve. Yeah, I think for they the most do. part. Mm-hmm. People do so. Yeah. So somebody that likes attention to detail. Correct. Mm-hmm. That likes you know having purpose. Correct. Yeah. And likes to be like not in a lab setting. So a lot of people come to yeah. us thinking that we're the forensics lab, right? Where we're testing like the DNA and stuff, and we're not. Mm-hmm. We're the actual collecting of all the evidence and stuff out in the field. Yeah, that's a common misconception because so. people mm-hmm. pull in here and we have the Pinellas County Forensics Lab next door with the medical examiner. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, forensics. I'm like, no, no, no. That's they're doing. They're doing DNA. They're doing toxicology and things like that. They're doing highly technical stuff, but they're they're all indoor cats. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of the candidates that put their application in through HR think that too. Mm -hmm. So once you find that out, obviously they don't want to do it anymore. And they're not detail people because they didn't read the job description. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The job description lays it out. Right. It says. I think it says climbing ladders. Yeah, working in extreme heat conditions. We're we're on a we keep talking about ladders. And I, heights I, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you with so ladders? I don't like ladders. <laughs> well, okay, so I. This is Bronda. She doesn't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> the ladder is not us. the issue. It's so we're talking about rooftop burglaries. So mm. this is a story that I told back in the day. I responded to the 7-Eleven off of Tom Stewart Causeway mm-hmm. in Gulf Boulevard. Mm-hmm. It was a rooftop burglary. So I have to climb up on said roof. So I get my ladder out of my van. We all have it. It's a little giant ladder. So you know it turns every which way and extends. Little giant. It's, little a, giant. it's a brand. It's okay. a brand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were like, okay. You got to know like, your ladders, Ashley. We have really yeah. good. I'm <laughs> telling I don't you. like them either, okay? The, the, the sheriff does us good. He mm-hmm. gets us good equipment. So the ladder gets up to the roof, but it doesn't It doesn't come above said roof. Right. So it's, it's huh. below the right. thing. Right. Huh. So... I'm carrying my camera, my print kit, and I'm up on the roof. No problem getting up. I go to get down, looking around. I can't get down. The deputy's like, like you're coming cat. down? I'm like, I can't get down. He's like, yes, you can. I said, okay, take my camera and take my print kit. And I'm sitting there because there's nothing for me to grab onto because I would be fine if the ladder would just come over the edge. Right. You yeah, just got yeah. to put your I hands just, on the roof and back down it. It's scary. And he's like, you can do this. You can do this. I said, I can't. I can't do it. Call FD. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, FD came out and got me off the roof. They rescued you. They did. Oh. And then, did they carry you down? No. Okay. They came oh. up and made sure I could get my foot on the thing and made sure I wasn't going to fall. And then um, I had another one and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm not calling FD this time. So I'm up there. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So then I decided, hmm, let's just lay down on your belly. So I... So here I'm on this roof. I lay down flat on my stomach and put my feet towards the ladder, and I'm slowly working my way down this roof with deputies down below Watching, laughing. Yeah. I did it. You did and it. then uh, we sometimes have to go up on the ladders mm-hmm. at accident scenes to do the aerial shot down if the big ladder truck's there mm-hmm. instead of going in the eagle. Mm-hmm. They like to just do that. Well, it's backwards on a fire truck, the ladders, because down below the steps are close together. The mm-hmm. higher you go, the further apart they are. Mm-hmm. So here I'm up there, get up, and I'm like, now the step's like this. And I said, oh, God, I could fall through there. Now you're still, atta- they attach you to a right, you're tethered. thing. Right. It's just, but I couldn't so, imagine doing it in all their gear. Right. They do that uh, every day. But you should have been a firefighter. I, yeah. I, I well. Just for the sleeping and the snacks. Then I told her, I said, 
you know, when I retire in a few years, um, I was told maybe you should look into being a fire investigator because you mm. already have this. Mm. And you get yeah, the fire smell. A, yeah, and then get the fire smell. <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, so what, is, what, does, uh, what does Rhonda do outside of, of work that she enjoys? Anything fun? Uh, my, I go to my daughter's dance class right. and I watch her dance. I go to the gym. I right. work out. That's my life. That's your whole life, huh? That's my whole life. <laughs> All that excitement you got to come, you know, when you're, when you're used to liquid people and whatnot. Or what do we call them? Pudding people? Oh, puddle people. Puddle people. Puddle people. Puddle people. Puddle people. I think we got it. I think that's the name of the episode. Puddle that might people. be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Don't step oh. in the puddle people. Puddle people. <laughs> mm. And we didn't even get to say bubble level yet. No, we have not got to say bubble, bubble level. level. Bubble level. Mm-hmm. Bubble level. Say bubble level. Bubble level. Bubble level. Bubble level. <laughs> do I talk, talk about that? Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you work all of these big cases and you frequently have to appear in court, which I'm sure can be really stressful. Yes. Yeah. So it's a, is there any, any big case that you can talk about where you were so the center of attention? <laughs> there was the Circle A shooting, the Stand Your Ground, the first one in our county. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draca case. Yeah. And so I worked that um, three days before trial. My phone rang. I was out school shopping with my kid. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, school shopping. Oh, well, we got to return to the crime scene. Oh, for what? Well, they want to use a bubble level thing to put on the slope of the walkway where it goes from the walkway to the drive and take a picture. It's like, okay, well, we don't have one of those. We don't house one. We're talking about just a level, right? Like the long bubble levels, like the blue ones. Right. Well, they come in all colors. but the one we got is blue. So here off to Home Depot we go. We get above a level and we go to the scene. I take the photos. And the next day I have trial prep and the next day's trial. So, oh, so I it was say, like right before trial. Yeah. 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 So I, they tell me to bring the bubble level and I said, what? And they go, yeah, tomorrow bring the bubble level with you into the courtroom. And I go, <laughs> so you bring your own props. Into yeah. The, huh? And I said, you, you can't ask me anything about this device because I don't, I can't. It's a stick. I, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable to testify on this. I said, all I know is you lay it on the ground and the bubble has to be in the middle thing in this level. That's all I know. I can't really talk about this. This is a new, are we there, don't even have this. Are there bubble level experts out there somewhere that can expand on that? I don't know. There so, has to be. There must I mean, be. There's yeah. for That's how yeah. I would describe it, what mm-hmm. you just said. So yeah. we were You're warned. You're now a bubble, a bubble level expert. Bubble yeah. level expert. Excellent. We were warned about this trial that, it's gonna have. It's gonna be broadcasted live. Mm. Court TV is gonna be in there. The news channels are in there. There's gonna be full of cameras everywhere. So I was already nervous about that. I've testified so many times in my career. I can't even tell you. I never get scared testifying. This one I was scared because of all this, mm-hmm. and I knew everybody and their brother would be watching. So here I walk. I walk in the courtroom when my name's called. With the bubble level in my hand. Are you holding it like a sword? I'm just holding it, yes. <laughs> and I walk in guards. and I was like, oh, man, they weren't lying about these cameras. They were everywhere. So everywhere a person would sit in the courtroom, it was covered in cameras. Courtroom mm-hmm. one? Yeah. And then mm. the 
camera was literally mounted next to the witness stand. So you, I literally had to look down at the ground when I had to get into the stand because I would have knocked over the tripod because it was right here in your face. And then there was a camera directly in front of your face. So I'm sitting in the witness stand. I'm doing pretty good. I'm on the stand for like 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Where's the level now? Going. It's still sitting next to me. It's just next to it's you. It's just next like, to me. Like your friend. or something. Like my friend. Your yeah. emotional support. Blah, so blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I get asked a question about it. So I. What was the question? Yeah. How does it work? You responded back <laughs> out uh, to the scene to do some additional photographs. What item did you take to complete that? This. <laughs> So I, because they said they weren't going to ask me said question, and I'm already nervous, so I just forgot. My mind just went, oh, my God, they're asking me this question. So I pick it up, and I said, this measuring thing, I said thing, no Y on the end. Didn't say thingy. Did not say thingy. I have it on my phone. I recorded it. Like, I played back the live thing and recorded it on my phone to prove to everyone I didn't say thingy. So I finished testifying. It was like I was up there forever. I get off the stand. I take my phone out of the pocket. I had like 30 text messages. Almost all of our homicide guys, my whole (laughs) office, thingy, thingy, thingy. They have screenshots of my face on the news because it says Rhonda Klein underneath it on there. expert. And I'm like, I did not say thingy. So that was an embarrassing moment in my career. I was very embarrassed. Hey, but... It was a conviction, so. It right? was. Yeah, it was. The thing he worked. But in my defense, I said, don't ask me about this thing you just made us get <laughs> three days. Ask Why you did about they? The thing. They level. said, you went back out to the scene. What device did you take? The bubble level. This. I couldn't remember that word. But that they weren't asking you about how it works or anything. <laughs> this guy. I couldn't that's what I okay. remember. <laughs> I lose words all the time. I sympathize. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Oh, yeah. We all do. Just not on national television. Yeah. It's such a fun Thanks. word too. Can I say bubble level again? Because I really is like. Is that really it. what it's called? A, I think it is. I would just call it a level. But I just a bubble, call it a level. So why but not? But there's a level, level in it. So but what like, other level is there? But uh, yeah, is there any other way to check if something well, is level? Well, our thing that we put on our camera um, to make sure it's at 90 degrees with the ground when we're doing uh, comparison photos is we call it a bubble level, and it's the same thing that's inside that thing. We say bubble level. But is bubble necessary? I don't think it I is. I think because there's a floating bubble in it. So it's a bubble. I mean, I know what you're the talking about. The bubble is doing just, the leveling. I've never called it a bubble I mean, level. It's, it's always level. been a level. I don't know. Hmm. All right. I don't know. We can move on. It's a fun name, though. I like it. It's always going to be fun to say. say. You're going to say bubble makes level. makes it sound mm-hmm. happy. It does. It does. It, does. it sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the bubble of a dead person. Do you still. <laughs> that. That too. That's not do you, do you still have the bubble level in we, your office? We is, do. It, is it like mounted on a wall of <laughs> it, shame or fame or whatever? It's actually in our equipment closet for use okay. if needed. Have you used it again since then? We have not. Okay. Hmm. I hope someday you have an uneven surface that you need to, or levels. I don't know how exactly I use them. It might become, you know, my retirement um, gift mm. in yeah. some joking manner. Somehow. Most people get a shadow I have box. A, you yeah, get a bubble yeah, level. Yeah. I have a feeling it's coming. The bubble level. Correct. Bubble level. Um, I knew we would like that. That was fun. (laughs) (sighs) What else, Laura? Um, Should we get to the final question that we ask everybody? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not. There isn't some other heinous, nasty thing you want to talk about. I mean, is there another? Did we miss a bottle of fluid? No, we we didn't. Nope, got all of them. (laughs) You sure? Yep. (laughs) 
We did. And all the animal deaths. That animal was great. Deaths, yeah. yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> this is the, this is why we need to talk about bubble levels because it's a happy. Yeah, happy yeah, because yeah. it's happy because we're bubbles in bubble it. Levels. Yeah, bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> so you usually do the concluding thing. If yeah, you, all right. You want right. to do that? You're yeah, really can, good yeah. at that. So we always give our guests the opportunity. If there's if there's one thing that you can let the public know, it can be about specific about your job. It can be a general public safety thing. What do you? What does Rhonda Klein want the citizenry of Pinellas County and potentially the world? Because we have listeners all over the world. What do you want them to know? Please lock your car doors. I, it's a simple. Trend. Yeah, simple. Just lock the car doors. Mm. We have so many unlocked burglaries right now with guns being stolen out of it, and that's actually a, st- a stolen gun was used to kill a law enforcement deputy. So, like, just lock your doors. Is that your most common call that you get? Would you yes. guys like be out of a job if people just lock their doors? We would probably need half the division. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just lock your doors. So wow. put forensics so, out of business and lock your doors. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't, is it, I've heard that a lot of times people won't let you guys process their vehicles though. No? That is, is correct. Is that why? I just, I don't understand why people, why even call to say, hey, my vehicle got broken into if they're not going to let you guys process to try to get prints so eventually this person can get you know, so a lot of people want to make the report, but a lot of people are afraid to get the powder on their vehicle or inside their car because it's so messy. It because it's messy, I think. But you know, we we have better technology today. We can do just touch DNA in that case. If they don't want powder on it, we should at least go out there and photograph the car and just collect the touch DNA from it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if they open the center console or glove box or even touch the interior door, and panel, a lot of them like if. Like people, if nothing's taken, they're just rummaged through. They don't want to process them either. And it's like, well, you still could get. So lock your doors. But if you don't, let us process your car. Correct. Please. To try to get a print. Yeah. And don't leave your gun in your car. Don't leave your gun in the car. Yeah, don't ever. Even if you lock it, don't leave it. And if you lock it, don't leave it in the car. And if you do lock your doors, don't leave your purses or bags visible either because then they're going to smash your window and get get in. in. Mm -hmm. Don't let them see things of value. And and yes, obviously people, because this is always a point of conversation with the firearms obviously if you're going somewhere where you're not allowed to take the gun inside that's fine but be smart about it lock it you can lot of lockable boxes things like that you know just keep guns out of the hands of bad people correct well Rhonda, i know that you had to face another fear today to talk with us but we promised that it would be painless and i and you think you were smiling the whole time so we did good thank you for uh joining us on this episode 56 and thanks for all you do and all the men and women mostly women uh of forensics (laughs) because it is uh it is not easy and it has uh it's tremendously valuable because uh, we couldn't put bad people in jail for the most part without what forensics does. So thank you for that. And thanks for coming and, and being a good sport. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And you, and you lived. And I lived. You lived. You did. No ladders, no heights. I'm sweating to death. It is. But it's I'm warm, here. It is warm in here. Yeah. And I have long sleeves on too. That, that, that too. That seems a little self-inflicted though. It is. Yeah. Um, Laura, do your thing. Well, we want to know what you guys think of, uh, of, of this episode or the podcast in general, and we really want to hear ideas for who you'd like to hear next. And we have a way for you guys to get in contact with us and hear from our adoring public. And it's let's56 at pcsonet.com. That's L-E-T-S-5-6 at pcsonet.com. That was pretty good. That, that wasn't your best one, but it, it was It was good. not, because I was still smirking about swabbings and things. I... <laughs> Brought her joy. All right. Bubble level. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch you next time.